Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. My guest today is the delightful Catherine Reitman, the star and creator of the international Emmy-nominated sitcom, Working Moms. I love this show so much. We dish on what life is really like for this real-life mom of two, what it takes to come up with some of the most relatable and funny storylines on TV, and we have some fun. We play a fun round of this or that for a working mom. So here we go with Katherine Reitman. This book is my baby, Richard. I'm not going anywhere. Aren't they your baby? Yeah, of course. You know, and I love those babies, but sometimes uh, one baby needs more attention than the other baby, which is okay, really, as long as all the babies are feeling good. My tummy hurts. What do you got? I just love this show so much. I, I love your character. I love everything about you. Uh, I have to go, before we talk about the show, I want to know how your family's doing during all of this lockdown stuff. Oh, my stuff. God. It's so, it's so chaotic, isn't it? I mean, um, both of my parents are doing well. They are definitely uh, locked up. They are in their house, and they're not moving. Uh, you know, it makes it harder with the kids and everything, seeing each other, but they're doing well. They're hanging in there. Hanging in there. And uh, if you watch the show, you probably know this, but for those that don't, Philip, husband, on and off screen, co-creator of the show, uh, Life in Lockdown, with those boys who, you know, man, I just remember when I talked to you in 2020, they're just little guys, and now homeschooling. (sighs) The struggle is real. Oh, my God, it's miserable. It's miserable. Five-year-olds are not meant for homeschooling. And God bless these teachers. It's not their fault. But it's just the hardest thing. It's just the hardest thing. And I'm I'm sort of throwing in the towel, and I know I'm not alone in that, and just sort of praying that life takes care of these kids. I'm sure I have some responsibility here. I'm sure. I think you have a, I think you have a little bit of responsibility, but sometimes I think, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you just have to throw the towel. And I think about I think about being a working mom. You know, you're doing the show, you're doing all these sorts of things, and oh yeah, you have kids. I you got a husband. I uh, yeah, that that home stuff is very important too. Uh, last time you and I talked, it was season four, and here we are on season six. Unbelievable! Congratulations. Uh, that's amazing Thank and well-deserved because it's so good. I, I'm just telling you, I'm, I enjoy every minute of, uh, of this show. Sometimes I have to watch the seasons twice because I'm laughing and I miss the next line. <laughs> or I'll say, to my, I'll say to my husband, come here, this is, this, you need to see this. You need to see this. So um, <laughs> it, over the course of the last two seasons, uh, you know, tell us how it went for, you know, when you got into the uh, writing room and everything like that, you were writing up to, oh, oh my gosh, uh, there's a pandemic. How did that all kind of weave in? I mean, it's amazing, right, how this pandemic has affected so many different industries and how they've had to respond. Ours, of course, is no different in some ways. We, we started the season five writer's room in person, and it actually worked yeah. timing-wise pretty well because we'd broken all the stories for all 13 episodes. And we're just, it's some, you, you say you break the room where all the writers leave, they go home and they write their scripts. And that just happened okay. as the world locked down. At that moment, we all thought we had, you know, what was it, two weeks, three weeks, and we'd be back in the office, everything would be back to normal. And of course, now we're looking at right. the, you know, the season six writer's room was completely uh, on Zoom, which is tricky. It's hard. You know, there's a, a magic lost when yeah. you're not in the room together, riffing off each other. 
it's interesting too because I know, but you know, the writing of it, and I, 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 I just don't know how you balance all that stuff. But that's because you're a working mom. But the the interesting thing is, you're also shooting during a lockdown, right? Like you, how did that work for all of you? Yeah, you know, we've surfed some weird peaks and valleys of this thing. We had. The protocols in place in Ontario for shooting are actually pretty great. And I would say we were mm. some of the safest people. You know, I mean, you, you're testing two to three times a week. Everybody's masked. There's, you know, hand sanitizer stations yeah. everywhere. So, but of course, yeah, there are scares. There are scares where you hear someone has it because we are getting tested twice a week. We find out. And I know so many productions who've had to shut down. We've been blessed. I don't even want to say this out mm. loud to not have been shut down yet by uh someone catching it. So we're, we're extremely right. lucky, but yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky. So one, uh, and it's a love letter too, I think to Toronto, some of the shots are so, so fantastic. It, it is the character. You said that it's like sex in the city. It's like, it's a character. Absolutely. And you know, Toronto so frequently when we started making the show in season one, uh, Philip and I were told that, you know, the usual thing was sort of make it look like any town. Don't don't feature Toronto for Toronto. It'll somehow alienate viewership. And we just thought, what? <laughs> Why? So I think Toronto being featured in the show has just contributed so much to it and makes it feel so cool, gives it so much energy. And those interstitial in-between scene moments where you get to go downtown or, you know, these little niche neighborhoods are, you know, some of my favorite parts. Absolutely. I, I, because, uh, you know, I live in Toronto, uh, I, I look at it and I go, oh, oh, I, oh, they were just walking across the, near the Manulife Center there or, or, you know, on Bloor Street. It's pretty cool. I like that. I just, you know, it's, it's one of those things we kind of joke about, we Canadians, uh, is that when we, Toronto's even mentioned or Canada's mentioned in a U.S. production, we call our friends over, they said, hey, they just mentioned Toronto on a show. <laughs> We're very excited about that. Right? It's just one of those things. Um, oh, totally. Okay, so let's talk Girl, about... Uh, totally, totally, totally. So, okay, so <laughs> I have to ask you, Cliffhanger Season 5, I know Season 6 mm. uh, is, is, is happening right now, um, and I haven't seen Season 6 yet, but I have to think, like, when you... I, I know there are a lot of writers on this show. This one was a cliffhanger for me. I I had no idea that that was going to happen. So there, everybody has to watch the show. Um, how do you come up with these ideas? Are they from things that people have probably experienced themselves? Or I mean, there's even these small little things like uh, uh, your husband's really working out, okay? And you look at him and go, why are you working out so much? Because he looks good. And you're going, you're trying to tell me, I had that conversation with my husband the other day. I go, honey, you're really working out a lot. How come, is there something I should know? And when it shows up on your show, I'm thinking, did they actually have that conversation before? Or did somebody have that conversation? And it's like four ounces of salmon and steamed vegetables. So where do these little nuances come from that really make the show fabulous? I have a feeling that 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 particular storyline triggered couples all over Canada. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of it is based off of uh, the writer's real life experience and my own real life experience. And then there are moments, of course, that are not that are invented uh, to create spikes, yeah, to create, sure. 
you know, a wonderful, exciting ending to an episode or a season. Um, and as far as how we come up with it, you know, it, it really differs season to season. You know, sometimes it just mm-hmm. makes sense right out the gates. We have something called a blue sky period for the first two weeks where we go, what do we want to see these characters do? Where, where do we want to see Anne at the end of this thing? Who are characters you want to see interact that might be uh, different from each other that will, you know, make the audience laugh? But sometimes we create that, la- we get the visual of what we want for the last beat. And then we find ourselves sort of right. lining up breadcrumbs backwards to sort of, we call it backfilling so that it feels really excellent when you get to that moment. Mm-hmm. It feels earned. And then right. sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we're just going, you know, we're taking the ride with the character and then we think of what the funnest splash would be at the end of it. So the cliffhanger season five, I won't say anything. Season six, what are some of the, what do we, <laughs> can you give us kind of a window of season six for all the characters? What's happening with the girlfriends? Well, I mean, it, it's hard to set up season six without mentioning the cliffhanger at the end of season five. Right. But I would say True. that season six, uh, season six uh, deals pretty directly in the first episode, which, of course, you can catch on CBC and CBC Gem. It deals directly with the news Kate receives at the end of the episode. And it was really fun to explore it only because I think it's a dynamic between uh between two characters that you wouldn't that that is very common i have a lot of girlfriends going through this exact experience and it's explored mm-hmm. in a very funny way that's as vague and weird okay. as i can be about it <laughs> I, yeah i was gonna say that was a good dance that was a good dance but you have to i just i'm trying to get more information i should i'm just gonna watch it okay and then uh i'll go from there this is what i love i i i i i love the uh i love everything about the show as i mentioned i can't tell you enough about that the fashion's good too i'll say that uh Everything about it's great. Working Moms hit some milestones in 2021. Top five stream show across all platforms. 11 Canadian Screen Award nominations. What, what does that mean to you, all that? It's fabulous. Oh, it's extraordinary. I mean, it really is. <clears throat> you know, when, uh, when, we, when I made season one, I had this terror that everyone would just find the show to be incredibly indulgent of me and not relatable because it was so specific to me and so embarrassing in some ways, you know, these feelings that I, these moments that I felt shame for. And so when I hear that it's being watched at such a, (laughs) lost my AirPod, very relatable. Um, Yeah. I'll do mine too. Yeah. 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 Sorry. It's, it's being watched. It's, you know, such an alarming rate. It, um, it, it's both comforting and reassuring. It makes me feel less shame selfishly about my own experiences. And it makes me really excited that people want to watch something that is so real. It's not, we're not superheroes. I mean, we are, but we're not, it's not a, you know, a show about superheroes. It's not one of these Marvel shows. No. It's, it's just about a bunch of working women three-dimensional, flawed working women. And the fact that so many people tune into that, I think it's really extraordinary. And men and women watch it. Men and women. I talked to a 45-year-old friend of mine. I said, you're the one that told me about uh, working moms when uh, he he said that to me. I said, yeah. I said, uh, he goes, I sit with my wife and we watch this show. And sometimes we look at each other like this and go, it's relatable. It's, it's, that's what's so good about it. Love it. 
And then you said, too, with all these accolades, which is well-deserved, if anyone needs me, I'll be time-traveling to my younger self and giving her a dramatic speech. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just so much self-doubt, not just to share the stories, but executing it, right? I mean, we, I, right. I've been talking a lot about this recently with my friends about how much uh, how much courage it takes to actually enter the arena and, and tell your story and not be your own yeah. bouncer before you have the chance. And so I would, I would love to be able to go back to my younger self and be like, just sit down and do it. Just do it. Just do it. Don't be afraid. Fail, fail, fail boldly. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, right. I know that's what I would tell my daughter. So uh, the question I have for you with coming from a family like your, your, your dad, Ivan, your brother, did you feel extra pressure putting the show on? I know I've talked to you about this before, but I, uh, did you feel when you start off, you had some self-doubt about you, but with the, the realm of, world, of the world that you're surrounded in, was there hesitation on that too because you're entering this arena? Uh, of course, right? Look, when you come from, I think the, the stigma uh, is that if you come from someone successful, that you couldn't possibly repeat what they have done. And there's real truth to that. Look, what, what my father's accomplished is extraordinary. And I admire him so much. And not just as a filmmaker, but he's a really good dad. So that, that helps. And of course, my brother being just insanely talented and smart, um, Watching them work has been, you know, like I'm the little sister and the daughter. So I spent most of my life admiring them. And did I think that I would be so fortunate as to also capture an audience's attention? I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I did. I still kind of feel like I'm in disbelief about the whole thing. So it, it is intimidating, but it's, you know, it's just another reason you have to sort of double down and go, okay, well, if I'm going to fail, at least I want to fail doing something I'm proud of and that I think is great. And um, mm-hmm. it, you know, the last few years, seeing these numbers has been just incredibly reassuring. Well, it's awesome. So you and Philip, uh, of course, married, have two kids. You live together. You parent together. You work together. What is the secret, Catherine Reitman, to make it oh all? Oh, my God. Work? Don't ask me. <laughs> don't ask me. I, I feel like I have so many other people to ask. Um, you know, it, I think... <laughs> We're, we're trying to set, I think boundaries is really healthy. It's something we've been working a lot on, you know, where to talk yeah. about work, where to talk about kids, keeping ah. things separate. Because, you know, when you do all these things, they bleed into each other. And that's where it can get tricky, at least for us. Um, mm-hmm. Taking moments. I mean, right now is the worst time ever to discuss getting away because we can't. But finding, mm-hmm. you know, we did this thing. Uh, we did a date night the other day where we just put a movie on in the other room, closed the door and we brought like a little cheese board into our bedroom <laughs> and ate on the floor <laughs> and had and lit a candle Aww. and it was date night and it just felt like we were able to get away from them. And then the new job became not discussing work and kids, which was very challenging. Yeah. Hard to do, really hard to do. But, hard you know, do. I just hard thought about that, you you and Philip, and I'm thinking, I don't know how they would balance that. And especially during a lockdown, we're all learning new things about each other. That's for sure. Okay, so what we're going to do right very now sexy is time. take very a Very sexy time. It's very sexy. You know what? I got to tell you something. <laughs> yes. I have this uh, sex therapist on, and she's fantastic. And I said to her, she's very 
you know, wonderful and, and sexy herself. I go, I said, so are we expected to, you know, or she said, are you kidding me? It's a lockdown. Get that off your list. Like, don't even worry about it. You know, like, just just try to be friends with your partner. Right? Just be kind. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's wipe that off the list. I mean, look, I'm having so much sex. The sex is great. I can't complain. Philip and I just, just <laughs> outstanding, but it's nice to know that there's no pressure. Nice to know the pressure's off. No If we pressure. want to slow down, which no of course we want. Right. Exactly. Good answer. We're going to play a game. Okay. Oh you ready for this? Let's go. Be easy. You got this, this or that for the working mom. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Number this one, or laundry or dishes, La- laundry and di- laundry or dishes preference. Laundry, easier on the hands. Hands can't take any more dishes. Awesome. Takeout or home-cooked meal? Uh, I mean, I wish home-cooked meal, but takeout. Okay, okay. Hot coffee or iced coffee? Get out of here. Hot coffee. Hot coffee. You know what? Cold coffee I drink too quick. Hot coffee I take it slow. And you really nurture it, I bet. Calling or texting? That's it. Text, get out of here. Don't call me. Just text me. <laughs> okay. All right. Morning or night? Uh, controversial take. Morning. I have to be in sleep really, really early because my kids get up so early. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a night owl. Morning gal. That's why you like your hot coffee. I getcha. I getcha. Uh, TV or book? TV or book? <sighs> I mean... I make it. I make my my uh, my living on TV, but lately, book. I've been enjoying a book. What's a book that you've been reading lately? I knew you were going to ask me this. Uh, it's called The Animals, and I forgot the author, and I feel terrible, but I will Instagram it when this interview happens. Very good. Movie at the theater or movie at home? I mean, right now. Mm-hmm. I, I miss movie in the theater, desperately miss movie in the theater, but I feel like the new world is we're just going to be watching streaming things on our TVs for the rest of our lives, right? Yeah, I know. I miss going to the theater, too. I really do. Red or white wine? Yeah. Ooh, uh, that's a great one. Uh, I feel like red is better for us, I've been told, but white is very easy, an easy drink, depending on the food. Let's go with white. Let's go with white. Online shopping or in-person shopping? Online for the rest of my life. I don't want to go to stores anymore. I love online shopping. Really? Love. Really? You, yes. you don't worry about when things yes. come your way that they don't fit you or something? You don't need to touch it or anything? No. Marilyn, return it. Return it. You, you, you got people who will <laughs> stick that back in the box. Drop it off. <laughs> it's the easy to don't believe. No one's there shaming you or pressuring you to buy it. Just return it. Okay, thank you very much. That's I great advice. And lastly, you, and I think Okay, okay, I gotcha. Last one, and I, I think you. I know what the answer you. is. Family I know you do. I know. I know. Family or friends. Oh, that's tough. I don't know who put who put the tenth one together. That's tough. But we love family, oh, don't we? This improv game. This improv game is so complicated. Family or friends? Oh my. Um you know, these days I do miss my friends. I miss my friends a lot, but you got to go with family, right? I mean, what kind of monster would I be if I didn't say that? Thanks for being with us today. 
Thanks for having me. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.